this is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything about assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Sound those those are pretty tired banter banter. Well, not so much tired, but I woke up this morning and fought with my Keurig for about half an hour, and I think it's dead. So I had to find our drip coffee maker, I had to find our paper filters, and I had to actually brew a pot of coffee. So I was a little frustrated this morning. Yeah, I'm afraid my Keurig is starting to go too. It It doesn't make the coffee as hot as it used to. Have you have you done any cleaning or maintenance on it? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've bought that scaling stuff before. Like, you know, there's like a yeah. liquid that you pour it in and, and run it through a few times. Uh, I've done that a few times during its life, but yeah. um, we've we've had to replace one in the past as well. Yeah, you know, I think you can get replacement parts and stuff. But oh, why would you bother? You can buy them yeah. for a hundred hundred plus bucks. I don't know why yeah. you would ever bother pouring money into repairs on one. Yeah, which is terrible to say because I hate I hate that we live in a disposable society where we just throw everything <laughs> yep. away immediately instead of trying right. to fix it and extend its life. But I mean, they just they don't make they don't make it make sense economically to do that. No. So that sounds terrible. That's when it's a coffee malfunction first thing in the morning. It's never a good start to the day. No, no. And like I said to Linda, tea wasn't going to cut it. And there was no way I could get through the day at least without a cup of coffee. So, Yeah, tea's definitely not going to cut it in the mornings. Forget that. No. Um, All right. Well, then I'm not going to bother asking how you are because clearly. (laughs) I'm okay now. I've had one cup. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, hey, before we get too far into things, um, let's tell the fine folks what we're doing today. Today, we are talking with Christine Malik and JJ Hunt from a podcast called Talk Description to Me. Yeah, I'm excited about this. These guys are doing some really interesting stuff, really innovative, which in terms of audio description. So you know, give people a little bit of a rundown of, uh, of what they're doing over there. Well, JJ's been doing audio description for over 20 years and Christine Malik is totally blind and has been since birth and is pretty curious about events going on in the world around us. You know, those of us who are blind miss so many things in our daily lives. Just walking down the street, we can't see events or signs or, you know, the recent Mars rover landing. Um, and what JJ and Christine are doing is describing world events, current trends. Yeah, it's it's just giving us, a, those of us who are blind or visually impaired, more description of the world around us and the events that are taking place. Yeah, and they're not only doing like stuff like, like big news, news events and stuff, but they're also you know, a lot of pop culture references that yep. that are so visual that a lot of people, you know, don't pick up on. Well, and, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, when I watch the news or an event happening on TV, it's just a lot of noise, right? And the announcers aren't describing the scene necessarily in a way that's going to make sense to me. 
And so they're taking kind of a bit of a deeper dive or a different angle at it and filling in the gaps. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to talking to them a bit later. Hey, so, you know, uh, I want to talk to about uh, last week's show, that that 80s show. That was a lot of fun, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting look back and hearing a little bit about each person's um, interests or hobbies. or Yeah. Yeah, it was shocking. Some shocking revelations came out of that show, I'm telling you. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. I was I was doing the edit, and uh, I was just realizing, man, we could have talked for another two hours. There was so much that I was just like, oh, I should have talked about this show or that movie. Or you know, there's there was just so much, so much there. But, you know, it, it may also made me wonder, like, I don't know, is that just because that was those are our formative years, you know, those those childhood slash teenage years that you're growing up, everything is new and everything, you know, everything is just so interesting or was it really just a really interesting decade? Well, I think it's the former, you know, it's the generation or the decade we grew up in and, you know, had um, involvement in, like you say, it was our formative years. If you talk to somebody who would have been our age in the sixties, you know, those those young teen to teenage years, they would have been talking about Woodstock and tie-dye shirts, and they would have been talking about the music of the day and, you know, uh, some of the shows that were on that meant something to them. So I think every generation has their time, right? Yeah. I guess so. It would be, it would be actually interesting. I think we should do the 90s next year. I think that would uh, be an interesting yeah, conversation. Nineties, or we, you know, just pick sixties, seventies. You know, the fifties were were a big, big year for music as well. You know, a big decade for music. Yeah, I mean, I guess the difference between that is that we wouldn't have a personal connection with with you know the farther right. back we go. We could certainly talk about it conceptually, but we wouldn't really have yeah. that. Which I yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know. We'll have to figure out what we're going to do next year for Retro Day. But it's funny now we have another yet another. Another <laughs> special episode out of the year where we're just going to we're going to be self-indulgent and just talk about whatever the hell we want to because it's our podcast, damn it. It's different, right? It's something new, so it's something unexpected, so it can't be bad. Now, if you don't like it, tune out. <laughs> just for an episode, though, come back for the next episode. Don't just stop it, Ryan. We, we need all the listeners we can get. Try it. We don't need you listeners. We're doing the show anyway. <laughs> That's right. Um, JK, JK. JK, JK. We love you. So before we do bring JJ and Christine on, uh, I do want, want to be a little bit self-indulgent for a minute and um, do a little bit of a plug um, Blind Beginnings has a trivia night that is coming up on March 6th, and uh, it's a great opportunity to come um, hang out and do some trivia and help support Blind Beginnings as an organization. Full disclaimer, of course, I do work for Blind Beginnings, so I do have a bit of a vested interest in that, but it's a great charity, and uh, we'd love to see you out there. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in trivia blindbeginnings.ca is the website just go there and you can buy tickets there and do you have your tickets i, I have to work <laughs> i have to actually work work to make it entertaining for you guys so i get to play trivia excellent hi everyone this is steve from canadian assistive technologies and this is a shameless plug 
A few years back, everyone was all excited about the pen friend from RNIB, which allowed folks to use small stickers with a chip in them to label products and record descriptions. We are pleased to be Canada's distributor of Way Around products, which do the same thing, but utilize a cell phone as the reader. There are a variety of available tags from simple stickers to clothing buttons, magnets, clips. There's something to label almost everything. The descriptions you enter can be any length and they are automatically backed up to your account on the web. So no matter what happens, you'll never lose your descriptions. Check them out on our website at www.canastech.com. Joining us now are Christine Malik and JJ Hunt from Talk Description to Me. Thank you so much, Chris and JJ, for joining us this morning. I've been wanting Pleasure. to get yeah, I've been wanting to get you guys on for a little while. Um, you guys have most recently launched a new venture called Talk Description to Me, and so I wanted to have you on to talk about that because it's a very interesting way to approach, I think, podcasting and audio description. So welcome. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. So why don't we start with where the idea for talk description to me came from? It was maybe in the late spring, I would say, of, of 2020, and the pandemic was, was well underway. And I run a few uh, programs, uh, one with the CNIB and one with uh, AMI. And I wanted to talk with JJ about the look of the pandemic because it's so bizarre. I mean, we're used to it now, but in the beginning, the ideas were just so strange, empty streets, people in masks, closed stores. Um, and so I asked if JJ would be willing to spend some time um, being sort of interviewed or discussing with me publicly those those visuals and we did that and it was it was well received and we both felt really good about uh what we had done there and we both had an interest in podcasting and in doing something new and we've been friends for years and have lots of laughs and it's very easy for us to get along and work together and, and have fun and so uh jj kind of said you know that worked so well. What what do you think of expanding it into a full-on podcast? And the more we thought about it, the better we liked it. And as we got into producing episodes, we realized the gap that had always existed, but that no one had really named, at least that I'd ever heard, which is the the way things look in the news. And so we're used to talking heads and we figure, okay, we, we're getting, they're talking. So that must be ex as accessible as the news is going to get for the blind community. But as we kept producing episodes and gaining listeners, we, we started to realize the, the extent of the gap as we began to try to start to fill it, we realized how significant the gap was. And uh, it's been sort of building uh, steadily ever since then. And so, JJ, being in the audio description field for over 20 years, what sort of challenges do you find describing, I guess, the events happening around us day to day, whether it be, you know, the riots at the Capitol building or TikTok sea shanties? Like, what, how does it yeah. how does it differ from, you know, your your typical audio description? Well, it, I mean, you start with the same core principles, right? You start with the same idea. Describing the visuals means like, you know, just say what you see. Um, 
but it's so much more nuanced when you're trying to describe things that are emotional or things that are unfolding in real time. And context is so important when we're when we're describing the visuals of of political events or social movements. Um, and, and so trying to find ways to bring that context into the conversation while still sticking to the basic principle of like, I, I'm not the one doing I'm not the one who should be judging these situations. I should just be interpreting the visuals, passing that along so that the listener can make decisions on their own. And so, you know, trying to find the balance there, trying to make sure that we are placing the descriptions in context and using the, you know, the benefits of of having a podcast and not trying to describe uh, over top of an existing soundtrack where your time is really constrained and, you know, trying to take advantage of a bit of that, have the conversation between Christine and I, making sure that I'm listening to Christine. Like these are huge elements of the podcast description uh, that that are that are kind of different from, you know, describing a movie or TV show or even a piece of art in a gallery. It's, it's a smaller, tighter, more focused, um, accessibility-based thing. And uh, the podcast starts there and builds on it and it grows. And, and that's, you know, we're still finding our, our paths and still finding new ways to, um, uh, to adapt audio description, to have description-rich conversations. It's a fantastic challenge. I'm really enjoying it. So where do you guys sort of get your inspiration in terms of what you talk about on any given week? Is it is it community driven or do you just sort of whatever has been happening with you guys during the week? It's kind of both of those plus what's going on in the world uh, in a given week. So we have active Twitter and Facebook Uh, presences and we invite people to give us feedback about things they want described and several of our our episodes come from requests from listeners um we definitely always have our eye on the news and um for things that are current but also things where description is really wanted or needed so some events just sort of tell themselves whereas others have very distinct visuals that are being widely circulated and shared over social media and that our listeners, including me, are going to be left out of if, if there's no description. Um, and then sometimes we just do follow our own, our own interests and I'm constantly tweeting at JJ, Hey, have you seen this? Ooh, how about that? And (laughs) so it's things like from national geographic or NASA or different Twitter feeds that I follow where I read something, go, Oh my God, that's, that's pretty cool. So I'll tweet at him and say, Hey, check this out. And sometimes those turn into episodes. And, and then sometimes we look ahead in the, in the calendar and say, like this week for example our upcoming episode is on uh the spring festival the the chinese new year because that's on the calendar it's coming up so when we know there's an event coming up in in the world uh that could bear some description then we we look ahead uh in that way too so it's a really nice mix we don't feel constrained to cover topics in a certain way or a certain range of topics we we feel quite free to 
uh, take suggestions and ideas from from lots of different places. Yeah, and we try and create a balance. You know, like there are some very heavy news items that uh, require some description, some important videos, and uh, you know whether they are uh, uh, events that have, uh, are unfolding on social media, like with with the uh, uh, the mob attack on the uh, on the Capitol building. That's something that was extremely uh it was obviously of the moment but it was very visual because people were posting those videos in real time so we wanted to get in we needed to describe that but then there are also fun things that are happening in the same type of uh way like the like the sea shanties uh, on tiktok you know that was happening in the moment that's of the moment and so we wanted to get on top of that and then there are other things that are not necessarily linked to uh, you know, what's happening today. Like um, we've got episodes coming up on the, the description of, of flags uh, or, you know, we've done things on the, the Northern Lights, um, the Aurora Borealis, you know, those are necessarily tied to, uh, uh, you know, to the actions of the day. But we want to make sure we have a mix of both, uh, you know, extremely topical and other things that are of interest and things that are heavy and uh, and have social ramifications and things that are kind of light you know we try and mix it up a bit we try and be a little bit aware of that but uh, uh but we don't have any strict formula to speak of christine i believe you've been visually impaired or blind all of your life so how much does your curiosity about the world around you play into this it's a huge part and it, that's true i have been blind since birth and so um yeah, curiosity is a big part of my of my whole professional life, actually. But the um, it plays a part in some of the, the things we cover because, um, like I said, I follow you know Nat Geo or the Canadian Space Agency or um, it, entities that are doing science or culture stuff, and there's always things I want to know about. Oh, okay, what does that what does that look like or what does it feel to look at that? And then within episodes, um, there will be times where JJ will describe something and there's a part of that that I want to take a step back and say, oh, let's take a step back. So, um, yeah, fire tornadoes I've, I've uh, <laughs> talked about before because we, we did an episode on, on the climate crisis and talked about fire tornadoes. But then I wanted to take a step back and say, OK, what is you know, what is that? What does a regular tornado look like? Right. Um, so curiosity based on the gaps that have always existed for me um, in in my world. And uh, I'm thinking of we did a description of a, a postal sorting machine. And so JJ did this very, I know it's an elaborate machine, and it's <laughs> kind of hard to follow the description. And but I was curious about what does it look, what does it feel like to just watch it? And there's often things like that where I want to know, uh, we, we, ASL. So we talked about ASL and I had many questions still about ASL, which is a fascinating topic. But again, I wanted to know, so what's it like to watch it? Is it, is it kind of, I imagine it's mesmerizing to watch. Is that true? And JJ will confirm, <laughs> yeah, it's really hypnotic to to watch it and other people the same. So my curiosity is about what things look like, but also what does it feel like to, to look at them? And that's really, as a describer, so freeing. It's a little bit, you know, makes me a little bit nervous sometimes when Christine asks those questions, because my describer training tells me don't 
don't talk about how I feel. It's not about me, right? Description is about other people uh, receiving information. So it's not it's not normally uh, about how I feel about a situation or how I feel about a visual. But getting that information, it, we're learning how important that is to our listeners, right? That, to have that sense of what does it feel like? How, how, how does that? How does how does your body respond to that? Uh, you know, when you're in these visual situations, um, so it's exciting to do that as a describer. Uh, you know, a little nerve wracking, but but very fun. Yeah, that is really interesting because, uh, and I and I could see that how it, it would be very freeing because it seems to me that, you know, in a way, Christina is is sort of the the voice of the audience. Yeah, and yeah. and with with you being able to sort of free yourself from from normal audio description and to be able to talk about what how you're personally reacting to something that i think i think that adds another layer to this that you wouldn't get out of normal audio description i think it'd be really valuable and i think that would the, the whole podcast format i think really plays into that yeah, I think you're right. It, 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 the, having having the opportunity to do this, having the time to do it, and and frankly, people can tune in or not, right? Like if it's an episode that that they're not that into, they're not missing out on you know an episode in a series in a TV show yeah. that they you know it, it doesn't have to work for everyone all the time, um, and that's great. That's totally cool. I you know as the describer, as you say, Christine is acting as the. Um, the voice of the audience often, right? And so I generally try and wait for her to inquire. And when Christine asks about those, uh, how it feels, then I'm willing to step in because I, I feel like I've had an invitation to do so. I've been told that it's important for this conversation to talk about that. So I will talk about that. Um, but it, it's amazing that, that different people who have a different relationship to visual memory, uh, who have different experiences being blind or low vision uh, or, or being fully sighted different people have uh, are finding different ways to use the show and to use the description and to and to participate in our conversations that Christine and I are having and so sometimes the emotional content is important to them sometimes the pure description is what's really key and you know we want to make sure that we're 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 putting all of that forward so that the community who's listening can, uh, you know, can take and find what they need from it. It seems to me that the, the other really important aspect of this though, is that you're, you guys are driving the conversation about audio description forward. Yeah. Yeah. I I've always loved that about JJ, that he's always kind of looking, peering around the edges of conventional audio description. And so the way we met was, uh, when JJ was doing described walks in Toronto. And so this would be sort of like a, a touristy kind of let's walk around a neighborhood and, and we'll talk about the history, but along with really well-researched um, talking about the places, uh, JJ would give audio description geared for a blind and low vision audience. And this was super innovative and I'd never heard of it being done before. And so uh, I, I think the whole industry is kind of shifting this way and thinking um, more creatively and more broadly uh, about audio description and where and how we we can look for it and expect it. And 
uh, I think it's Roy Samuelson who says that he like he wants us to be audio description snobs. And so the the meaning there is that um, it used to be that we'd just be so abjectly grateful to have any audio description on anything. And now it's become more uh, mainstream and we, we, we expect to have audio description and then we expect to have really good audio description. Yes. So it, it's part of an evolving uh, industry where things are, are changing in many different directions. But I think, I feel like JJ has really been an innovator in thinking uh, outside of the boundaries of what's normally done and what, can, what else can we do that hasn't been done yet? Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, years ago, uh, I, I had the opportunity to describe the, the para Pan Am and the Pan Am Games when they came to Toronto. And uh, I described uh, goalball, one of the sports, and I also described the opening and closing ceremonies in venues. So this wasn't broadcast um, on TV or anything. This was for guests who were at the Sky Dome uh, watching, the, um, watching the opening ceremonies. I, we had headsets set up and there was a whole team of us doing audio description and it was interpreted into four different languages. It was, it was wild. It was a great, um, like, it was an amazing evening. It was an amazing event. And trying to describe all of the, like the entire scene, the fireworks, the crowd, the ceremony, the dancing, the lights, it was, it was just massive. And I remember when it was done, I was wired, right? Like to describe an event like that, I always, I I feel like I'm dilated. My eyes are dilated. My (laughs) mind is dilated. I'm like, I'm just absorbing everything, trying to process it quickly and come out with a stream of descriptive information that is cohesive in some way. So when I left the event, you know, I'm walking around downtown Toronto, it's night, and I'm wired. There's no way I'm going home and going to bed. And I'm walking around the city thinking uh, with the same dilated mind, right? And I'm and I'm looking at like a bunch of guys getting hot dogs from a hot dog cart. And I think I could describe that. <laughs> and then there's, you know, there's a, a you know, a, an, an all night noodle place in Chinatown. And, you know, people are standing in the windows eating their, 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 their noodles. I'm thinking I could describe that. And I just walked around the city thinking I could describe that. I could describe that. And that's kind of how some of the early ideas of this started to form. Like, wait a minute, everything really, if it's got a visual element, it can be described. And some of it maybe isn't high priority, but some of it's really interesting. And it's also, you know, uh, Christine and I talk about this a lot. Sometimes it's the little things. It's the people watching. It's the it's the little elements of daily life that are missing uh, uh, from from audio description. So if, if we can find a venue, and this podcast is a great way to do it, if we can right. find a venue to kind of put some of those descriptions forward and make not only big picture events more interesting and dynamic, but like the little bits of daily life more interesting and dynamic, like, hey, I'm all for it. That's fantastic. Let's like, let's bully on. I... Um... My dream gig for JJ is uh, people watching. And so uh, we haven't figured out how to manage this because you can't just sit and describe people, like sit on a bench and describe people as they go by. That's going to have some bad consequences. So we, we still have to work out the, the logistics, but there is so much scope there. And I remember one of the early walks that I went on with JJ, he was talking about something completely other i don't even remember what that thing was but it happened to be mother's day and he just kind of slipped in oh and there's a gentleman walking by with an enormous bouquet of flowers Hmm. i went oh man like how much you know and of course living in a big city you know that you're missing Mm -hmm. all sorts of interesting visuals of just 
people watching. Um, but when he just slipped in that one little detail, I was like, okay, I want a whole hour of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JJ actually came up with a brilliant one. I don't know that we'll ever do it, but as, as a bonus, maybe for like Patreon subscribers or something, what did you call it? Description after dark. <laughs> <laughs> the sketchy oh, God, things yeah. you see walking around, you know, at one in the oh, morning. Description, totally. description, the oh. red light district. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, that, I think that came after I'd been walking downtown and I saw three people in a row with outrageous lewd t-shirts, right? Mm. Like t-shirts with like amazingly graphic images. And, and I think I sent Chris a tweet like, okay, t-shirt number one, t-shirt number two, t-shirt number three, because they were just so fantastic. And I thought... This is one of those things that comes and goes. I walk by it, and as a sighted person, I see those three shirts. It brings a smile to my face. It's something that, that I get to carry through my day. It's a laugh that I have. Yeah. It's a bit of cheekiness. And I think if, if I'm walking beside Christine, she doesn't get that moment. That's something that, that she doesn't get to participate in. She doesn't get that boost in her day. She's got others that I don't have, but that's one that I, I would like to be able to share. And so in, in that moment, that would, you know, came out as a, as a text to Chris. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, maybe an after dark would be, uh, yeah, that would be something. <laughs> And when you asked about how the podcast got started, that was part of it for me was that being friends with an audio describer, you know, JJ's an awesome guy and he's an an audio describer. So I get these, I would get these tidbits where he'd describe something and I think that's gold and it's just me who gets to enjoy it. And so the idea of the podcast appealed to me so much because I wanted, I wanted all of the community to have access to, to these gems. And uh, so both of us, I guess, share that, that desire to, to make things, you know, more available to everybody and not just to, to certain people. So in, you know, JJ, you describing, you know, these lewd lewd t-shirts that you're seeing and (laughs) the different scenes at night, are there any topics that you guys will steer away from? Oh, that's a good question. Oh my God. I don't think we have had had any like full topics that we've steered away from, but there have been moments where uh, you have to take a step back and say, what's the value in this? What am I willing to do as an individual? Like, you know, I, I we have to think of our, our own mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, we did the 9-11 episode right. and uh, it was important to do. Uh, we had listeners who'd requested it. We thought it was a, it was a, a positive thing to do. But when it was done, we both we hung up and we needed to go on our separate walks and have some quiet time. It's mm. hard to dive into some of that stuff. Sure. And so, you know, I remember when we did the, uh, we did an episode on um, uh, uh, political cartoons and, and, and there was a, I wanted to make sure that I was describing a range of ideas that didn't just come from the, the, the political right or left, right? I, I, you know, I've got my own take on the world. I've got my own politics. But if I'm describing political cartoons, I want to make sure that, 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 that everyone gets offended, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there was a certain side of that where, you know, when I moved too far, frankly, to the right, some of the political cartoons were just so ignorant, so racist um, that I didn't want to look at them. I didn't want to promote them. And as much as I feel like there is some theoretical value in making sure that that material is available to people who are vision impaired in the same way that it's available to people who are sighted, I didn't want anything to do with it. Right. Mm. So so we stated that. 
um, and, you know, we made sure that that was clear to the audience, but, uh, but we didn't go there. Right. I remember when, um, the Proud Boys were first mentioned publicly. There was a video circulating. Yeah, yeah. I, I messaged AJ. I said, what do we do with this? And he looked at it and we talked about it and we just kind of went, no, I, no, I just, mm. I can't go there. And so, you know, if we were, I don't know, employed by CNN or something <laughs> and they said, okay, here, cover this, then I guess we would cover it. But sure. yeah. this is our podcast and we have some, uh, yeah. you know, discretion and they are hard those things are hard to to talk about and they're hard to listen to and when you have to talk about them and ask questions and edit for a few hours and really immerse yourself um those are hard i remember as well um in the episode on the beirut explosion there's a, a piece of mr rogers wisdom that i always come back to which is in any terrible situation one way to cope is to look for the helpers and that piece just stuck with me. And so I, I sort of said that in the episode and, and then we, we kind of paused and said, are we going to talk about the horrible, um, visuals of aid workers and mm. injured people and the medics and yeah. the, the, the graphic consequences to yeah. human bodies when those, yeah, and, the personal stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, we kind of didn't we decided that that was too harrowing and again well yeah i don't know i think they those end up just being personal boundaries that we have to have for ourselves and we we make those choices we talk about them and are sensitive to each other's uh boundaries around that stuff and we we know i don't think we've ever had a discourse we've never had a dispute about it we're very we have similar values um but those are yeah so it's not so much issues that we won't cover it's certain aspects of issues that we just find too difficult sure yeah and i do remember one this is this wasn't about the podcast specifically but it was a moment of to describe or not to describe this was at the the pride parade a few years back and chris i think you were in the audience for this one i um, love this, this was, story yeah this was the one where um uh justin trudeau was going to be in the parade for the first time and uh, uh black lives matter were the honored guests that they led the they led the parade and uh so we have a a, a description tent an accessibility tent that's right uh you know, right up on the parade route. So I can be up close and I'm leaning over and I've got a microphone with speakers. Uh, so every it's, it, it's being broadcast locally through speakers. So lots of people can hear the description that uh, of whatever's passing by. And so the black lives matter, start the parade and it's really powerful men and women in high heels and uh, wearing all blacks, like stone cold expressions, fists in the air, really, really proud and that's how the parade begins they march down the street and then just a few minutes after that the parade kind of grinds to a halt every everything stops and you know i describe what's going on around us and you know the people leaning off of balconies and you know i think it was dykes on bikes were there and they were kind of a little bit of playfulness there so i described all that but after a while it's like nothing's going on why is the parade stopped and someone says Oh, I, I, I've just heard word on on Twitter that uh, that the Black Lives Matter group has stopped the parade. They've completely halted the parade. And I said, well, does anyone have any visuals? So someone pulled up some photos on their phone, showed me the phone. I described those visuals, but it kept going on and on and on. And then I glanced up just looking for things to describe. 
And I saw on the tops of the buildings all around us were members of the SWAT team peeking over the edge. And I'm like, oh, my God, they've got snipers, Hmm. snipers on the rooftops of these buildings. And I thought to myself, now I'm describing everything I see. I'm actively looking for interesting things. As a sighted person, I can see that. But I got a microphone. Am I really going to yell fire in a crowded theater? Am I really going to say there are snipers on the rooftops, right? Jeez. And it was the first time that I'd ever had this experience. And I thought, you know what? If the description users had had personal headsets mm-hmm. and there were only a half dozen, maybe I would have said, folks, nothing, nothing alarming going on. But here's what I'm seeing. I might have done that. But with speakers mm-hmm. facing the crowd, there's no way. I could, you know, say yeah. there are snipers on the rooftops. It was, that would be, that would wow. be madness. So that, and I remember talking to Christine about that afterwards, like, dude, this is, here's something I didn't say. <laughs> like, that story so- haunts me. It just haunts me for so many reasons. And I think like, if there's such a thing as audio describer school, you should start, you should leave with that. <laughs> That's the classic dilemma. Ooh, it's a wild one. Yeah. yeah. So on that note, like I, I just I'm curious, JJ, just about the audio describer mindset, you know, and, and after you've been trained, I don't know, do you spend your day? Do you just kind of walk around and do you, like in your head? Do you just kind of practice like I just describe yeah. everything as you're walking through your living room to yourself? I do for better and worse, you know, (laughs) Uh, like, so when I first started, I I was having a hard time watching TV or movies on my own because I started with describing (laughs) movies and TV and I'd be watching a TV show and, and, and flipping through everything in my head. How would I describe that? How would I describe that? I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is just a three's company rerun. You don't have to do this to yourself. (laughs) Tone it down, buddy. And, you know, and then when I started getting into the, the walks, it was exactly the same, right? Like I'd go around and everything I'd see around me is is like that. And I do a fair bit of traveling when I can, when the universe allows that to happen. And one of the things I'd really like to do is get into the audio description of travel and Mm -hmm. audio describing different scenes like i was in i was in morocco going through the bazaars and you know going through the markets and i was thinking oh my god this is a this is a fairly inaccessible space it is so packed it's so chaotic i mean the smells are fantastic the sounds are wonderful uh, but it's a very very tight space it's it's an awkward position to be in and i remember thinking this would be a great opportunity to do some kind of live description walk that was broadcast and just talk about the sights and the, and to discuss the smells and making sure that all those other senses are, you know, are, are discussed as well, because you're absolutely right. I do. I kind of can't turn it off sometimes. I, you know, it's just always going. My poor family. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to know how to really discombobulate JJ, though? Ask him to describe you. He hates oh. that. <laughs> the worst. It's the worst. The only time I ever had fun doing that was at that Pride Parade when Justin Trudeau walked by because I got to describe the Prime Minister while the Prime Minister was in earshot. So that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But otherwise, it's like torturous. No, don't make me describe you. I found this out because we're um, doing an interview once. I think it was maybe our very first. And and I said, you know, completely not thinking it through. And what I what I meant was not physical. It was, but I said, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we introduced each other? And Jay's like, 
I, I thought he was going to leave the whole enterprise right there. And I thought, well, what's wrong with this idea? And it, I only meant career and professional wise, but he, he's yeah. got such a, a, I totally get it. Once I thought it through, I was like, oh yeah, who would want to do that? Oh my God. That's like, yeah. no. It, it's like the, it's like the equivalent of a, a, you know, you meet a doctor and you're like, Hey doctor, does this mole look healthy to you? Yeah. <laughs> you're at a cocktail party. Like, do I really have to look at your mole? <laughs> We've been real, real advocates for audio description for a while. And I think that you know, after talking to you guys, I can see that there's, there's sort of a, a few different prongs here that, that I think is a natural progression. Yeah. You know, on the one hand, we, we have to really push that audio description is just there. Like we, we need to really fight the battle to get audio description, you know, ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. But, but then there's also sort of the prong of, but it also needs to be good. Yeah. Because, you know, we've all heard bad audio description. And then I think that there's you guys, which is, and we need to innovate a little bit. And we need to see where where we can insert audio description that maybe isn't intuitive. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I think back to even like, say, ASL. Like, you see all those those videos of, of ASL people on the stage with rappers and at, at music concerts who yeah. are, who, you know, who are adding that extra layer for people who are deaf or hard of hearing at these concerts, which is great. You know, that's innovation. And so you guys are kind of, I see you guys doing the same thing for audio description because some of this stuff isn't something that we would think of. And, you know, here we have uh, in town, we have a, a, an organization called Vocali that yeah. does audio description for live theater events, but also like doing things like describing fireworks, which, yeah, you know, to somebody who's sighted, you think like, well, how the hell are you going to do that? But so it, it's this sense of innovation that I think is also really important to, to drive audio description to the next level. Yeah, totally. And I think, uh, I mean, we're, we're ready for it as an industry because describers have been around long enough. We have new ideas and we can start moving forward with them. We're at that, we're at a good place with technology, with podcasts being where they are and the sharing of audio content and the sharing of video content. That's uh, making that a, a, a genuine possibility. But I think the key is that the audience, description users, have been using description long enough that we all have a, um, we know, we have we have a baseline, right? We all share a common description language. And so in the same way that film has this sped up continuity now where, you know, if you watch a TV show from the 1950s, it is so painfully slow compared to a TV show now because the audience has gotten used to the tropes, they've gotten used to the editing style, and it can get faster and more complex. Audio description is exactly the same. The audience has been around a long time. They've heard the audio description. They know what's good. They know what's bad. We have some shorthand. And so we can start from there and now build. We've been around long enough, all of us, describers, description users, we can grow this. And uh, and, and people are starting to do that. And you talked about the description of fireworks. Have you seen the technique where people draw on your back? It's awesome. So instead of just describing the fireworks, you simultaneously, it's a one-on-one experience, have a describer standing behind you and using finger patterns, they draw on your back to say, here's the fireworks. It's streaking up and exploding. And then you tap on the back with little, you know, little kind of butterfly taps so that you get a physical representation of that you know, of, of the firework as well as the description of the color and you also have the sound. And so it's a very personal experience. 
that's rooted in audio description, but not limited to, you know, I think we're, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think we're ready for it. I think there's a, an innovation, an, another innovation uh, that JJ has been part of, if not, I don't know if you started it, but the deep dive <laughs> idea. And yeah. so um, JJ's done a, a deep dive, the James Bond files. And so it's taking a movie franchise and making a series of podcasts about a deep dive. So not just the action that you can fit into the movie, but then really break down the sets and the, the way more subtle stuff, like what did a kiss look like in the first James Bond movies versus later on. And so uh, that's another innovation that I really love. And when, when you present that to audio description users, they, they drool because everyone's got the, the movie or the TV show that they would love to get the deep dive yeah. into. So I feel like I'm hoping that that's the next uh, the next frontier in audio description. Well, it's interesting, you know, because we've had director's cuts and extended cuts for quite some time now, and I actually never thought about having an audio described, you know, extended cut or director's cut, like a deep dive like you're talking about. That'd be very cool. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Really, it's really fun. I did. I started with the um, the James Bond for AMI, and uh, and it was fascinating. I really enjoyed it. I, I'd done some test work with it before. I've been shopping the idea around. Um, but when you take something like James Bond, which spans you know decades, and you take a look at the way the film history has evolved, the stories have evolved. It's important to you know when you have the the opportunity with a deep dive to you know, do in-depth description of character and in-depth description of vehicles and settings and locations, but also to talk about how those sets and locations tie into the morals of the day or the design, uh, you know, the, the, the design principles of the day and, and the evolution of things like the evolution of those kisses or the speed of editing and how fast things, the, the fast pace of new content versus how slow the editing was in earlier days and and how that is, how how you might hear that when you're listening to the audio description of the film. These are companion pieces, and I, I really enjoyed doing the, the that first deep dive series. I'm 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 currently looking shopping it around to to find a good home for it because, as Chris says, like there are how many different franchises, different TV shows, Game of Thrones, uh, The Crown, like it, oh, yeah. it, anything can can get this kind of deep dive treatment. And there's stuff to talk about. You know, if you if you if you you put the right goggles on as a as a describer, there's a lot to talk about here. So I, I'm just looking for a home for it, you know. So I guess we I, I can't let you guys get away without asking you a little bit about the industry itself, because I'm always curious to know. Are we seeing growth right now? Are there are there more schools? Are there more people entering into the field of audio description? What's going on out there? So there's there's a lot more audio description. I think a lots of different many different jurisdictions are have increased uh, uh, quotas, right? You, uh, Canada, the U S Australia now has minimum numbers of hours of description, uh, that re uh, are required for major broadcasters every week or month or whatever. It's different from, from place to place. That's fantastic. I'm totally with you guys. Like 
describe everything as the base. That's the starting point. Everything should be described. And we're getting closer and closer to that. That's great. Um, there are a couple of different outfits that do training, um, like of the, of the practical sort, training for uh, entry-level audio describers. And that's fantastic. Those describers are filling the roles of, uh, you know, describing for TV networks. And, uh, you know, there's some movie description in theater, uh, the pickup on that hasn't been 100% from the theater standpoint, but it's really good for streaming services. There's some fights, uh, you know, that still need to be had with some of the streaming services, but others are very, very good at producing a lot of description and pretty high quality description. And there's now audio description is being taught in universities. You know, you can take university courses on this and, and there are people writing academic papers about description and, and thinking about it in an academic way, which is phenomenal. I mean, when I started yeah. 20 years ago, I literally like rode my bicycle to the studio and picked up a videotape that was like description and you and you know like totally <laughs> cheesy <laughs> that's how i taught myself was like on a videotape so we have come an awfully long way uh, and that's all good and and you know I, I think if we can keep that up the other thing the other thing that i'm loving seeing that is gaining a lot of traction is the idea that audio description isn't just something that sighted people do for blind people that we've kind of gotten too far in that direction. And part of it's by necessity, right? Like we are describing, we have to be able to see. So therefore it's done by sighted people for the benefit of people who are vision impaired. But there are so many roles within the industry that can be filled by people uh, who are blind or low vision, right? There's no reason for it to be as totally dominated by uh, sighted people. Uh, and, and we're getting there. There have been uh, producers in the field uh, long enough who have been who are blind or low vision. They're moving up the uh you know the ladder in 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 the the, you know in various companies and organizations so they're in the place where they're making uh decisions and hiring people there are consultants there are collaborations which is the best like this what christine and i have and i have this is a collaboration this is a two-person project this is not a describer's project it's a collaboration and that's i think the, the most exciting part of uh, of industry growth for me is is the 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 proper inclusion of of people who are blind and low vision in the creation of audio description that's that's the best thing for me well hey listen guys we want to thank you so much for taking the time out and talking to us today uh i i absolutely love the podcast it's called talk description to me recommend everybody Go check it out. We will include, of course, a link in the show notes. Um, where where else can people find you guys? Anything else to plug? Um, our well, our website is talkdescriptiontome.com. Our email address is uh, talkdescriptiontome at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at talkdescription and we have a Facebook page uh, with a very complicated URL. So if you just did uh, talk description <laughs> to me in, in a Facebook search, um, our Facebook page will come up. So we love socially social media interaction, and we, we love replying to people and having conversations. So uh, feel free to follow us, ask questions, make comments. We love it all. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, thanks, guys. And let's let's do this again.
Yay, Fantastic. thank you. Cheers. Thanks fun. for having us on, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Uh, wow. Yeah, that is so cool. So cool what they're doing. Yeah, you know, it's they've done the Mars rover landing. They've done the storming of the Capitol building, sea shanties on TikTok. There's, I think, 38 episodes now that they've done. So definitely check them out. There's a lot of things there that... You know, you may have had questions about when you heard about it on, on the news or whatever media you saw something on and check them out because it's, it's definitely filling in gaps to those of us who are blind and partially sighted that may be lacking information. I love it, though. I, I, you know, it makes me actually want to think about training to do to be an audio describer, because I really do think it's a it's a growing field. It's an evolving field. And I think that there's going to be a, a big call for. Um, audio describers in the future because uh, I think this is this is all going to just continue to to grow and I think eventually take off because I think that a lot of streaming services a lot of um, you know even networks uh, are, are really going to step up the audio description their audio description game and start you know doing a lot more than they're doing now yeah, and I really hope that, you know, the quality comes up with some companies. You know, we know Descriptive Video Works does some pretty high quality audio description. And it's funny because I was watching TV the other day and noticed that my audio description was actually turned off. And so I went back into the menus and I turned it on and I forget what program I was watching. It was just like, oh, this is so annoying. And yeah. I turned it off. Um so it has to be well done but yeah you're right there's definitely a growing industry with audio description and so hopefully we'll keep the quality high yeah because it makes a big difference well i just think it would be fun like it would be a great skill to have because i can yeah can you imagine doing animation and you know that'd be that'd be a hoot I, I I mean I just think it would be great to see more podcasts like theirs because uh, yeah. just think of all the stuff out there that that you could be describing that's just fun and I mean it may seem innocuous to some people but you know for people who are who are locked out of that content it'd be great to have it like a, a whole episode of just like walking around and like describing different funny t-shirts that you see on a daily basis would be great yep Yep, you know, and and more walking tours, museum tours, gallery tours, memes. Uh, you could describe memes. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. There's no shortage. That's for sure. And that way, all the blind and partially sighted people could lose brain cells along with the rest of us. <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually missing too much. You know, I kept hearing about Bernie and his myths, but didn't really, <laughs> didn't really mean much to me. So that's true. That was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Bernie in the midst. <clears throat> oh, or describing CAD videos. There you go. There you go. That's a whole podcast. Maybe that's what I'll do. Hmm. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, where can people find us? They can find us at atbanter.com. Hey, they can also drop us an email if they so desire. Cowbell. At atbanter.com. And we are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And all that jazz. All right. Well, I think then that is going to about do it for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Big thanks to JJ and Christine. Make sure you check out their podcast, Talk Description to Me. And 
We will see everybody next week. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 